Hello, everyone. This is the second episode of the whale journey. If you want to listen to the first part, please go to the previous newsletter. And here we go. Glorious ascent. Most of all, I worried about Josh, who was firmly clutching into my arm, and Lucky, who really didn't feel like going through the nettles, the thorns, and the mud. Following an uncertain path to an uncertain destination, he happened to be in front, right next to Christos, who was embracing his leadership personality, moving forward vigorously. At some point, Lucky, standing almost vertically on the steep hill, refused to go up. He just stood there, with no intention to move. "Just pat him on his bum!" shouted Sam, the last one in the row. Overlooking the children, speaking of bums, something interesting appeared in front of me. There he was, Reef, a fearless and determined boy, clutching into the grass with both his hands and legs so hard and diligently that his once fancy-looking beige corduroy trousers went completely down, and his naked bum was now straight in front of my face. It was Christos's command at almost the top of the hill, where the climbing became seriously difficult. And now, use both your legs and hands to go up. Hold on the grass. Go on your knees. Riff seemed to follow the command in the most precise manner. Saint Andrew's Bay Golf Course. What an undertaking! Until now, I have no clue how we managed to accomplish this task. The road is made by walking, I guess, in its literal sense. Covered in mud and with spots of nettle rush here and there, the first thing we saw in front of us was a very clean, smooth golf course and a clubhouse on top of the hill, panoramic windows glowing. The warm light was beckoning us with a promise of comfort and food. Of course, Dylan, Reef, and Josh were certain that we were heading now to the grill house, and the five-star hotel behind it. Then the boys understood that it was not our case, and started a brainstorming session between each other. Does anyone have any money? A mobile phone? Do you even remember your mom's number, Redhead? What shall we do? After all, Josh asked us to walk to the nearest village, knock on people's doors, and ask him to host us just for one night, or at least to let us pitch a tent in their garden. The golf course was endless, and after all, we, the grown-ups, seriously were contemplating the idea of camping right there. We can pretend we are French tourists and don't understand anything, or Australian. Was one of the propositions from the younger team. Tired of walking on an endless golf course, Dylan suddenly started some serious thinking. Ah,、oh, these people who own the golf course—it's too big, isn't it? They must be very greedy to have all this land to themselves. He stumbled on the neat lawn heavily. The Bunnerog outside the tent. In the next twenty minutes, the boys started crying.
They took turns. First, Reef. Then Josh. Then, very very briefly, Dylan. Crying started quickly and finished promptly as well. Was it because we finally arrived at the desired spot? Yes, we did arrive. The place that Sam referred to as Nature's playground, all the way, was not a playground at all. It was a gigantic lump of pink and yellow sandstone, with nooks and crannies and elaborate shapes and a semi-detached pillar on its right. The butter rock was rising above the water and looked very ancient, wise and lonely. Whoo! Somebody will sleep in a tent now. Sam winked at Ruth. Already sleep on the grass in his Paw Patrol sleeping bag, Dylan and Josh. Like all of us, Sam was very happy. He was also very confident that spending a night outside the tent was a great idea too. His enthusiasm and passion were contagious, as always. So I was looking forward to the night next to the magnificent Badrock, the ocean, the stars. What could be better? Another sleeping bag, or some winter clothes, perhaps. Although the night was freezing and windy, I couldn't help but secretly admire the situation. In a couple of hours of lying on the camping top under the starry sky, we started moving closer to each other in an attempt to warm up. Christmas was on the one side, Lucky, who just two days before that was growling at me as a newcomer at Freddy Tate House, was now cuddling up against my back. Somewhere on the other side of the top, Sam was hugging Lucky. Such a scene. I wonder what an old gentleman who was having a brisk walk at 7.30 a.m. at the Five Coastal Path thought of us there. Good morning, sir, said Sam to him. He smiled and nodded. The Whale The morning was good fun. We had sausages and marshmallows on the fire. The boys enjoyed nature's playground and explored the secret tunnels of the Badarok. Reef jumped from eight feet high and seemed totally fine. Dylan acted like Reef was passing out and expressed concern. Soon we had to head back. Something was missing, though. And we saw it. We saw it right next to the Badarok beach. The whale was there, washed up on the rocks. The boys were the first to see it. Moving quickly and skillfully on the uneven stones, they ran towards the large creature. We followed. About 13 meters long, the whale looked almost as ancient as the Badarok, even similar in color to it. The body was moving with the waves and the enormous creature seemed to be breathing. It doesn't, though. Dylan, acting as a news reporter, went on explaining how dead whales accumulate methane gas when their bodies are decomposing, making them ready to explode any minute, he concluded. The story seemed bizarre compared to how magnificent the whale looked. It was the breathing whale. It was us spending a night on the vast under the vast open sky next to the mighty ocean. It was Dylan with his newscast. It was all strange and beautiful. It was the feeling of being alive.
Seaview Caravan Park. At the very end of the whale journey, the boys got really tired. The sun was high in the sky. The bag seemed heavier than the day before, and we all looked exhausted. Around the Seaview Caravan Park, Josh exclaimed, "When I come home, I'll spend the whole day watching YouTube. He won't even go outside." Come on," answered Sam with his usual enthusiasm. "When we go back, we'll be telling the story to our friends in a pub, and you, you guys will tell yours at a playground." You tell them," his passion was supported by a passerby, an active old lady. She was heading to the five coastal path, embarking on her own whale journey. Et de l'aventure.